Good evening, everyone. Evan Lee Raymer here with you at good old WGNS. Hang on, let me get around here. I got my producer's adjusting the camera for us all, so we'll be on Facebook Live. Guest tonight, Carrie Marable, a fellow by the name of Chris Johnson that played at Middle Tennessee State University. He is here with us, and we're glad to have him. We're going to talk about a little bit of everything tonight, and we're going to center it around race relations. Now, many of you are asking, where's Mr. Murfreesboro? Where's Bill Wilson? Well, Bill has been exiled from the state. (laughs) And we will get into that. (laughs) Carrie, go ahead and turn them on. Carrie, Chris, welcome aboard. Carrie, you're right at home. You know where you're at and what you do. Well, thank you, Mr. Ed, for this opportunity to come yeah. and be a part of the Ed Raymer Show. Oh, and thank you to Dalton Barrett, who's going to navigate us through this whole night. A very, very valuable individual to yes. WGNS Radio 1450. He and his father yes, both. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and so, John Dinkins is not bad. And all the painting you see, John has done around here. Okay, he, Mr. Dinkins. We'll I'm call okay. you next week. <laughs> I don't think he's looking for employment. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so now, much. It's a pleasure now, to be here. How did you get hooked up with this guy? I mean, it, it's <laughs> Well, or was I, it a, a sentence I'm, like you're, I mean, you get, had a work release program or something? Well, uh, Carrie and I, we've, we've got a long history. I, I came here okay. about 20 years ago. And right. We met, um, I'm a, I was a young boy at MTSU. And, right. Uh, he, and his, he and our brother were serving in ministry together. And right. Carrie and I, he's, he's like a brother to me. So, so you're, and now, I, I don't say I'm, uh, if I'm talking out of school books here, but you're one of the uh, pastors for the team, MTSU, one of the... Uh, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a local pastor here. I pastor right. Zion Christian Ministries here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Right. And, um, but I played football at MTSU, and then um, when I stopped playing football, I stayed kind of in contact with the team, and uh, Coach sure. Stock had me come over, and I'm, I'm serving as the team chaplain for the football team. Team chaplain is mm-hmm. what I was looking for. Okay. And uh, I know they're hoping things will get better over there, but it's been – we were talking, folks. Uh, we always talk a little bit before we come in here. It's been a weird year. It has I mean, been. you know, and I know the boys are having a – a tough time over there, and, and everybody's had. I mean, the pros are having tough times. Yeah. I mean, not just yeah. Tennessee, but everybody's having. It's, it's been, been a, weird. Been a, a very weird year, you know, from right. the off season to the to, uh, to the beginning of the regular season. It's been weird. Well, you know, and I've said that too with uh, even the pros. Well, even the boys and gals in college, they don't know if they're even going to be playing next week exactly. or not. You never know. I mean, you know, we got a president Walter Reed tonight because he's been infected. Him and his wife both. Most of that stuff. I mean. Uh, I'll tell you what, I think I'm about ready to put 2020 in the books. We may go ahead and have our New Year's <laughs> Eve party tonight. <laughs> Mr. Barrett, if you will, please, my friend, you're going to go ahead and put us on the air. But for right now, my name is Edwin Lee Raymer, and yes, I'm still a private investigator. Welcome aboard. This is the Edwin Lee Raymer Show with your host, Ed Raymer, on your good neighbor station, News Radio, WGNS Murfreesboro.
All right, and that is Stiff Upper Lip by ACDC, and this is the Edwin Lee Raymer Show, and I'm your host, Dead Raymer. This show is produced at the studios of WGNS AM 1450, 100.5, 101.9 FM, right here in the heart of the great volunteer state, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. You can reach us tonight. You can reach Chris and Carrie with your questions, ideas, comments, or text at 615-893-1450. That's 615-893-1450. And you can also, uh, like I said, send a text to Dalton, and he'll be glad to read it for us over the air. Okay, now my co-host, Mr. Bill Wilson, a.k.a. Mr. Murfreesboro, is going to be checking in later. He's at an undisclosed location. I think they've put him in the Witness Protection Program. And uh, (laughs) you can listen to us via the Internet at WGNSRadio.com. That's WGNSRadio.com. Or on Facebook, of course, at the Edwin Lee Raymer Show on WGNS. Or you can go to Bill's uh, Mr. Murfreesboro page, which is where my wife uh, watches all the time, every Sunday, at uh, Mr. Murfreesboro on Facebook. And you can also download the WGNS app. Take WGNS with you wherever you go and listen whenever you like. Listen for uh, Dalton. You recorded Stephen Reynolds' show again today. And um, his show, uh, uh, The Man in the Middle. And... uh, and you upload that every Friday morning? Yes, yeah, so those drop Friday nights. Okay, drop Friday, Friday nights. Six, okay. Uh, on WGNSRadio.com, as well as Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Just like all the rest of us do, I think. Yes. Is that right now? Yeah, if so if people want to listen back to this yeah. show, you can search it up on Spotify, iTunes, okay. Google. Very good. And Angela Bingham, who was on earlier, great show tonight on, uh, on grants that people can get and how to get them and all that. And right now, and during the times we're in, very important subject. She's doing a great job. She's been with us, uh, what now, Dalton? A little over three years? Going on four. And uh, if we make it to next July, we will have been here eight years. So, uh, you know, we've been around here a while now. All right. Carrie, uh, how are you doing? Tell I'm people doing how you're doing. Your arm, I mean, you're in a, I didn't. I did not know you were in this shape. Well, uh, we had a, um, a bout with uh, some some arthritis and then our mm-hmm. rotator cuff had some injuries and so two Fridays ago I uh, had surgery uh, Dr. Nort a young man from uh, Jacksonville Florida uh, who works at the um, the um, Providence Surgical Center in Mount Juliet performed the surgery and uh, I went Friday uh, for my two weeks analysis and everything is going well uh, we're going to have about four more weeks of just this uh, mobilizer. Right. Uh, it's going to be my best friend. And then preferably uh, November, we'll start PT, uh, physical therapy. But right. no complaints. Uh, okay. No pain. Just a little discomfort. Um, getting adjusted to sleeping in a recliner. Uh, but I'm just dang. grateful that everything is going. Uh, my doctor said everything is going well. The surgery came out great. So, oh, yeah. yeah that's, hey, always, that's, that's the key. Yes. You know, yes, the rest will will fall together yes you know and i'm grateful to be here with my friend my brother yep chris johnson bishop chris johnson pastor he's well i mean has a plethora of titles yeah and but he's earned every one of them not one has been given he's earned every one of those titles from this show is always open to you you know that yes all you have to do is pick up your phone you've got my number chris um thank you for being here Thank you both. Carrie, thank you for doing this, in case I forget, because uh, we get into this thing and, and we all get kind of lost. Tell us, uh, you were here 20 years ago when you played ball, mm-hmm. okay, played football, MTSU. Were you under Coach Donnelly? You were, I was under Coach McCullum. McCullum, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, race relations mm-hmm. in sports. A lot of the guys in sports, 
I never thought that they had that much of a problem in on the guys on the team. Everybody was on a team. You had to work together. You roomed together. You ate together. That was it. You learned to get along like that, which I think is a good lesson for life. Yeah. Uh, what about out here in public now? Because I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna throw it down, and this is me talking, folks. This is not Chris. This is not Carrie, because. Uh, we've seen some of the hate groups that have risen up over the last four years, and uh, they're becoming more bold. And I'll leave that where it is. I mean, the callers want to, to take me on on it. That's fine too. But uh, what, do you, what is your thinking on this? And how do we? How did we get here? And how do we get out of this? Well, it's very interesting because I've a, I've been able to be in and around sports pretty much all of my life, and I will tell you there's a different perspective on this end of it. As a player, um, one of the benefits, I believe, of being on a team is you're not exposed in totality to all of those um, racial issues as maybe my father or my grandfather or my grandmother may have experienced. Teams are normally united about behind a cause or a purpose. Right, to win the game. To win right. the game. And sure. so leaving sports and now having coached, I, I okay. see a lot more as a coach, uh, seeing a lot more as a community leader with coaches right. um, that I did not, I was not privy to because I was not in coaches' meetings. I didn't understand what it was, sure. you know. And so when yeah. I'm looking at um, the disproportionate rate of uh, hiring, for example, of minority coaches, uh, you know, when you when you look at football teams, which are 70, 80 percent black. Right. And you don't uh, see that I've many black coaches. I've that many times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And same thing in the NBA. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Of course, I got to tell you, the NBA has changed even. I mean, you got players now from Czechoslovakia and yeah. Yugoslavia yes. and Russia and yeah. everywhere. That's mm-hmm. it. Now, football is not football still predominantly uh, an American. We have some Canadian mm-hmm. fellows that have played, but mostly an American sport. Mm hmm. And it's mostly football here in the South is big. Mm-hmm. And it's hurting a lot of people right now. I mean, because they, <laughs> people, I mean, you know, the kids start in, you know, peewee league, you know, in grade school, and they got their little helmets and they play. And, of course, nobody's going to really get hurt, you know, that bad, I don't think, yeah. uh, in, in that type situation. But now you hit junior high, high school, there you and go. here we go. And our own Kelly Holcomb, whom I'm sure you know, Kelly is coaching now out at Riverdale. He coaches my son. Coaches mm-hmm. your son. Coaches mm-hmm. his son, and uh, you know, and and he's very passionate about that. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I know he's really been upset over this thing. We had him up here a few weeks ago, and when everything was still shut down, and it looked like things were going to open up, and then it didn't open up, and I, you know, this, this is not going to be good. And I know one man is not going to be happy about it, and it's Kelly Holcomb, you know. and Because I know how passionate he is about it, and he's yeah. passionate about the kids, and he knows what that process is, mm-hmm. as you now do. Uh, okay, we're at 11. Okay, we're at 11 after. Dalton, we're going to take our first series of breaks, and uh, we're with Chris Johnson. The voice himself, Kerry Marable, has come back in here to haunt me. And... <laughs> Mr. Bill Wilson hopefully will be checking in pretty soon. He's somewhere at an undisclosed location, and we're going to find out why he's been exiled from Tennessee. (laughs) We'll get back with you in a few minutes. Dalton, take us to a break. Stay with us, folks. (laughs) 
You know, I wanted to take just a minute and tell you about one of our finer restaurants here in town. That's Zao's Hibachi and Sushi Grill. Now, they are located out Highway 231. That's Memorial Boulevard. Go out on past Adams Place. Go right up past Walmart and to the left, take your next stoplight. That's Wendellwood Drive, 149 Wendellwood Drive, Suite B5. They're in the Sprout Shopping Center. This is one of the most unique restaurants you will ever eat at. Appetizers, extensive menus, soups, salad, sushi starters. But the biggest thing that you'll enjoy is the show on the hibachi grills. Now, Mark has set up four of these grills, and these chefs are second to none. Uh, the food, very reasonably priced, and if you got the kids with you, a date with you, they will show you a good time. That's Zao's Hibachi and Sushi Grill, 145 Wendellwood Drive here in Murfreesboro. Go to J. Mullins Jewelers and check out their collection of reactor watches. They're located at 352 West Northfield Boulevard right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And also, custom-made jewelry if you want it, they can make it for you. Also, gifts for any and all occasions. Weddings, graduations, family reunions, uh, anniversaries, all of it. That's J. Mullins Jewelers, 352 West Northfield Boulevard right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Rhonda McCrary has been in the mortgage business for 29 years. During her 29-year tenure, she's won multiple awards for being a top producer. She was voted as a favorite mortgage loan officer in the 2018 and 2019 DNJ Ruthie Awards. She's a proud member of the Middle Tennessee State University 1989 graduating class. She specializes in all types of mortgage products and takes pride in going the extra mile. You can visit her at 1639 Medical Center Parkway, Suite 203, or reach her at 615-419-9193, or even apply online at loansbyrhonda.com. Thanks for tuning in, and when you get ready to buy or sell real estate, give the Thomas Wilson team with Parks a call at 615-406-5872. We've been in the real estate business for over 25 years and have helped over a 1,000 families with their real estate needs. And we'd love the opportunity to serve you and your families. This is Bill Wilson with the Thomas Wilson team at Parks here in Murfreesboro. Give us a call. We will not disappoint. Curve them, crack them, or bend them. We can mend them. Come by Wheelworks, located 516 South Church Street. For a free estimate, we also sell performance and passenger tires, as well as aftermarket and factory wheels. We also install lift kits, and we've been sponsoring and serving this community for 15 years. Come see us at Wheelworks at 516 South Church Street, or give us a call at 615-849-3848. Hello, everyone. It's Ed with Private Investigations in Middle Tennessee. You know, if you just need someone checked out on a background check, tag them a run, or if you need someone full-fledged follow, give us a call. You can reach me at 615-390-7219. That's 615-390-7219. Or check out our website at piofmt.com. That's piofmt.com. the Bond Girl and owner of Grumpy's Bail Bonds. Now serving 24 Middle Tennessee counties, sometimes bad things really do happen to good people. And if you find yourself in jail needing bail, Grumpy's Bail Bonds is here for you. We'll get you out of jail with the fastest, friendliest, most affordable service. I guarantee you'll be happy when you call Grumpy's. 877-GRUMPY'S or go to my website at grumpysbailbonds.com. 
Welcome back to the Edwin Lee Raymer Show on News Radio WGNS. All right. Thank you, Dalton Barrett. And we're back. And let's get right to this. Chris, Carrie, take 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 over here and tell me carrie what do you think because you're you're with me in the age group area i, I think i'm probably older than you i don't know but what do you think <laughs> let um, me share something with you mr Raymer. Yeah. uh bishop johnson i found this this morning as i was reading and getting ready for this tonight and this was a great read often race focused conversations derail because people are using the same terms in different ways. One of the challenges of communicating effectively about race is to move people from the narrow and individualized definition of racism to a more comprehensive and systematic awareness. To illuminate racism, we need to name it, frame it, and explain it. Establishing a shared language to present data, describe conditions and outcomes, and identify root causes of inequities serves an important function. A common language creates a narrative that makes it easier to communicate the commitment to racial equity, both internally and externally, and it is to create a platform to coordinate work towards equitable outcomes okay. and i think yeah that's that's really deep right there okay. and pastor johnson can speak on it because he's been doing a series and he can tell you about the series that he's been speaking with another um leader of our community all right chris we're going to get to it uh, dalton you have a facebook question for us for the yes time. carolyn cox uh asked on facebook when it comes to race relations here locally within the city of murfreesboro are you seeing increased tensions or are things about the same locally? carolyn hello thank you chris when you want to take a stab at that yep well i believe i believe you have to really answer that question from a particular perspective okay uh depends it depends on who you ask uh, yeah. okay <laughs> uh, all right you know if you're on the side of the ones who are receiving the racism historically you would probably hear the answer things are not changing um right. if you are on the side of those individuals who historically are the ones who are maybe um, responsible for the change you would probably right. hear we've gotten better we're, we're doing better we're working towards some solutions and some and some uh, ideas that may move us past more unity uh, so i believe the answer to that is both yes and no i mean we're sitting here today um in a radio station um uh, with two African-American men and, and two white men, yeah, um, right. which I don't think was possible many years ago. Uh, may not have been. Yeah. I, mean, don't, yeah. I don't know. I, you know, I, you know, me being yeah. only 34. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so we, uh, we are, we are, we are getting better, but at the same time, there's some systemic things happening. Um, that may be happening behind closed doors, whether it be in hiring practices, whether it be in, um, you know, in some of our, our diversity on our on our teams, our staffs. So those those are some things that we're still struggling with and fighting for. 
Carolyn, thank you. Uh, we appreciate your support always. Thank you very much. Carrie, uh, I think y'all's paths have crossed, too. You yes, yes, yes. How you doing, Miss Cox? How you doing? But let me Go share ahead. something with you, Mr. Raymer. Please. It's, it's hard for me to digest because when I look at the history, my history, okay, when I was a, uh, a young man, playing basketball at Riverdale High School. Don't let the, don't let the package fool you, okay? Uh, <laughs> okay. At that particular time, two coaches, uh, Mr. T.L. Hopkins, Mr. Palmer Jones, they did not I've heard look the name. at the pigment of our skin. You know what I'm saying? They, right. they coach predominant African-American ball clubs, but they did not treat us different. They loved us. I mean, from we can call on them right now. I can call on Mr. Palmer Jones right now, okay. who's a Caucasian white man. Okay. And I know if I need him, he would be right there. And then after that, I started working. Uh, when I got in the educational field, I started working at Central Middle School. At that particular time, was the only middle school in Rutherford County. And I had the humbling opportunity to meet George Hockenberry, Kelly Hockenberry, their family, Bill Hockenberry, mm-hmm. his mother, who worked at Calvary Bank at that time. And I can tell you now, George Hockenberry is one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. Caucasian. Right. Okay. Don't look at the skin. But he taught sure. me a valuable lesson about it's not your skin, it's not where you come from. And I never forget, we was on our way to uh, Rockville Middle School one year, and we was on a van, on a, on a bus maybe, and we was transporting our girls' basketball team, Mr. Johnson, that was pretty much, uh, you know, we had, I was almost say 50-50, you know, for us African-American young ladies against Caucasian young ladies. And I'll never forget, we passed by a certain area on Warrior Drive, and a Caucasian, well, one of the African-American uh, players said, that's our home over there. Mm-hmm. But then a Caucasian young lady said, y'all live there? Are you serious? That's where you lived? And this young lady we know was lived in the upper echelon communities because of the status of her family. And right. I won't name names. Right, yeah. But Coach Hockenberry used that moment as a coaching moment. Mm-hmm. And he told her, don't you ever say that about your teammate because we're family. Right, yeah. We're family. Well, that's what we've told our children growing yes. up. You know, and they're both they're both grown now. And you know, how do you know if you're going to be a good parent? Well, you yeah. won't know until your kid's grown. Right. You know, if you did the right thing. I said, but that kid you might be poking fun of, or that that young boy or girl that you might be making fun of or poking fun of or, or, or putting down or cutting down, may be the one sitting behind a desk and you go in to apply for a job one day. Mm-hmm. Or get a loan for a home. Yeah. Or a car. Because, folks, thank goodness, the world has changed. Yes. It has. So, uh, you know, I'd advise everybody to sort of wise up, especially, and I think, you know, I think the younger people have wise up. It's people my age have seem to have a problem with this. Yeah, and, well, you hit on something that was so so critical. You said that one day that person could be the one that's interviewing you for a job. Here's, right. here's the other end of the spectrum. I was just like Carrie. Most of the coaches I remember, I cannot tell you one teacher I've ever had but I can name every coach at every grade level. You see, <laughs> most of us uh, guys could. But, yeah, but okay. here, here's, yeah. here's in my adult life, here's the issue that really um, gives you a panoramic view of this whole issue of race. 
I can count on my hand the amount of black coaches I had. Right. Yeah. So so right. what it says then in, in symbols and positions of authority, we're saying to the kids, we, we always had a, a surplus of black players. But we're saying to the kids, right. you're good enough to run the ball, but you'll never be good enough to be in the press box calling the plays. Right. So, so the issue then is we've got to start even evening the playing field as it relates to um, African American representation. Young black boys need to see mm-hmm. black head coaches, black assistant head coaches, black offensive coordinators, these school teachers, principals, and I think that's where we're going to really start seeing a significant balance in all of these race relations. Right. Let me ask each of you this, and you might have a, a, a different answer. Is there race is is there uh, racism among the black population? Amongst with each other, yeah. Or reverse racism, or well, okay. reverse racism. Okay. Kerry, I'll let you, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to hand off to Kerry. <laughs> okay, Gary. Yes. Yes. Is there? Let's let's mm-hmm. be real. Okay. You know, as we see on our televisions uh, right. daily, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, things that have happened to the African-American community that just not have happened to the Caucasian community as much. Right. And it seems like we, um, you know, uh, I never forget when I um, I did the town hall meeting with the city council candidates uh, at Zion Christian Ministry. And that question was posed to then our city council candidates, okay. which at that particular time was uh, Mr. Kurt Wade, Kurt Wade, Mr. Bill Shacklett, Mr. Shane, Shane, uh, Sean Wright. Okay. Right, yeah. Of course, you know, Mr. Smotherman did not Mr. Smotherman, you know, yeah, attend. Right. And uh, Mr. Wade uh, was very profound by saying, yes, it does. Because he said, when my son leaves home, I don't only say, have a good day, son, but make sure you don't talk too much or make sure, you know, keep quiet or, right. you know, uh, mm-hmm. watch what you say, you know, from a, a different perspective. The lens is totally different. You know what I'm right. saying? Unfortunately. Right. Yeah. You know, um, and that young man has to worry about when the police pulls him over, you know, what do I do? You know, I, I think right. that the pigment of our skin have uh, have now, you know, we're, we're fearful when we get stopped. You know, Well, and I think that's really true, too, especially uh, on the interstates with the Hispanic population. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have really they they have come up against it because, as you know, we have a guy that sits in Washington, D.C. that was going to build a wall and. I don't know how that's going. Apparently, not too well. But I think there were three miles of it built last I heard. Uh, but you know, and you know, they're tearing down walls in Berlin. They did years ago. Now, now we want to put one up over here. Now, I do not doubt there are there are situations down there where a wall would be beneficial. Mm-hmm. I've always said that. I know, and they and and the the immigration authorities down there they do have a problem in parts of it. But there are other parts that are on that border you're not going to get to anyway. It's nothing yeah. but a desert. Yeah. Nothing lives there. <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't take enough provisions to make your way across that border. There's no way. You'll be dead. Mm-hmm. You cannot do it. There's no water, there's no vegetation. It's sand. It's a desert. And a good friend Stephen Reynolds. You know Stephen? Know him very well. Yeah. Said, You ever been to Southwest Texas? Yeah. I said, No, I, I have not. He said, You probably really don't want to go. So there's nothing there. Wow. There's just nothing there. And I haven't, so I, I don't know. But 
Uh, but like I said, I do know you do have have to have some walls and fences here and there. I understand we have them at concerts. We have them at football games. you got to control the kids. They get a little excited. You know, I understand all that. Mm-hmm. But to just blatantly go out here and stop someone because of the color of their skin, I mean, you know, come on. And it was always made. I'll say this, and I'll shut up. Some of you may remember Raymer Brothers Tinting and Glass. That's our company, me and my brothers, okay? Now, in the beginning, when tinted windows in cars got to be a big thing, okay? We still maintain a license, by the way. Uh, we tinted windows, and it got to be, it was very, uh, there was a time when we first started, it was very confusing, because no one knew what the law was. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, it always, it never failed that when, lots of times when we got a ticket, it was with a person with color of skin, darker skin, okay? Very seldom was it ever that cute little blonde white girl. <laughs> Why? You could see her through the glass, okay? Wow. Understood? So, in particular, and I told a judge one day, this was in Moore County, good old home Jack Daniels whiskey, okay? <laughs> And here I was, and that's when I walked in. And Carrie, I'm not kidding you. That's where they separated me and my brother Steve. We always went in the beginning. We went with our customers to court. They'd get a ticket. We'll go with you. We closed our doors of our business on days when we had to go to court that morning with those people, and we did that. And we went, you know. And I walked in one place, and I said, "Yes, you're on the state troopers there, and you know he's going home to his family and all this. I understand, you know. And here come the big bad judge. You sit down over our little fella. I'll be you and just me. I said, "All right." And I know where I'm headed here. So that same judge later on that day, that morning, said, uh, "One of the officers said something about this young man being stopped so much." I said, "Yeah, he stopped because first of all." You can't see him behind there because he's black. And they had never, I don't think they had ever thought about that at all. Mm. This is in Moore County. Mm. I don't believe they'd ever thought about that. I really don't until I said something about it. And this was before we were ever really talking. This was a great day. 90, 88, 90. I don't know when it was, you know. Yeah. We went in business in 86. This was 87, 88, 89, somewhere around in there. I don't recall the date. Of every, but, you know, things weren't being talked about as much then as they are now, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. But I said, I said, yes, of course he's going to get stopped more because he's a black man. And he was a young man. He was in his early 20s. And I think he got stopped like once every couple of weeks for wow. something. Wow. You know, something. And they found him with drug paraphernalia. It was a roach clip. Mm-hmm. And man, they were ready to throw the book at him. But he got we got his charges thrown out, so it was a good deal for him. But, you know, <laughs> I don't regret it. You know, I mean, but you know, go ahead. Reverse. When I'm always, I'm always uh, kind of. It's always interesting to me when I hear reverse racism thrown back. You know, like, hey, is there a reverse racism? I, I like to call it responsive racism. You and, know, you're, and you're, you're I, I, correct. I think, in I think, many cases. I think sometimes right. people miss the point. Um, I hear I'm hearing key words like immigration. I think we have to understand that, you know, African-Americans, it was W.E.B. Du Bois who talked about a double consciousness. He said, I'm too African to be American. 
and I'm too American to be African. <laughs> okay. yeah, and All so right. there's there's this hmm. double consciousness that I'm always constantly warring with. And I think sometimes right. we miss the point that our ancestors did not immigrate here. They did not come here looking for a better life and a better opportunity. They were forced here. They were put on ships, loaded on ships. Right. And many of mm-hmm. them died yeah. in the process, you see. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. when they came here, they were not treated with the same the same dignity and respect. I mean, the framers of our Constitution talked about all men being equal, but yet they own slaves. So that, those are the issues. And then that's if, some things I've had some problems. And, you know, all men are created equal. And, yeah. mm-hmm. and I never did. I, I did not understand it i didn't ever understand the hatred of the jewish people mm-hmm. i didn't a lot of that centered around money of course yeah yeah a lot of the jewish people and and those those people wanted that they had money mm-hmm. they did a lot of them do to this day yeah you know and i'm sorry go ahead no I, you're, but go you, ahead. You, you, you're great the, the the you you bring up the jewish people for example from the holocaust what happened through through that process? There were there were um, there were there was counseling. There was a lot of them were able to go back home. There was some things right. that helped them psychologically get through that. But it was Joy DeGruy who talked about post traumatic slave syndrome. We went through 390 years of oppression and mistreatment and never received any kind of psychological treatment for it. Right. So no wonder young boys are are struggling with violence violence was afflicted upon them and it was passed Mm -hmm. down generation to generation so so these are the issues that i think has caused responsive racism you know i didn't ask for it this is the byproduct Mm -hmm. of what my country gave me and until we in america start dealing with these real issues and understand that these are young kids who are having to, to take on behaviors that they saw a grandmother, a mother mm-hmm. who was who was born into slavery, yeah. born into this bondage. Sure. Yeah, that, yeah. That's what we have to start dealing with. And, you know, while I always say, you know, uh, the wounds may heal, but the scars will always be there. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. They're, they're there. And mm-hmm. uh, um, interesting conversation. I'm glad we elected to do this. And I think a lot of it is teachings, too, Mr. Reimer. Yes. You know, teachings home teachings um what to expect you know uh, i never forget a few years ago at the school that i'm uh, uh, fortunate to be at uh, our principal uh, identified we had a a major problem uh, where our parking lot was full of trucks that had confederate flags right. and the yep. media had you know got onto it like oh man oh, this is amazing and so yeah. He said, "This is a this is a unique problem right here," but I never forget being at the round table with Dr. Clark Harrell, and how who is a minister, and how he was enabled he uh, was uh, allowed his the faith man the the faith based man come up. I'm not principal anymore now. I'm kind of like pastor. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I have to find a way sure. to bring healing and hope to my congregation, which is our school. And he called, so we say what we do, we, we identify the problem. So you go to the head, mm-hmm. and we found out who is the head, the ring leader of this group right here. And we found him, and we said, get all your guys together. Get all your guys together. Right. All of them was Caucasian young men. Right. Okay? Yeah. And we knew they had something, they, they had a, a fetish about flags. We knew that. So we thought, like, if y'all like flags that much, then we want to do something. We want you all to be the flag men of our school. 
Okay. okay. I, I see where we're headed. Okay. What do you think about well, that, Chris? It, it, hey, hey, <laughs> hey. It, we, we won't. Can you all take down your flags and put up the school flags? Right. Yeah. And they're like, "What? Yeah, we want you all to be leaders in a positive realm, meaning that whatever, whenever we have an event, you all going to be at the forefront." Mm-hmm. Dr. Clark Harris said, "Listen, I want you all to take ownership of our campus." Mm-hmm. And every one of them, Pastor Johnson, it was over 12 to 13 trucks, said we will fold our flags up and we will happily carry the flags of Stewart's Creek High School. Wow. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. And, and I asked one guy, I said, do you really know what the meaning of it? No, my dad. My dad told me about it. My dad told me to put it on my truck. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. Okay. Yeah. I see. We got yep. to see through you mm-hmm. because that there's a bigger elephant in the room. Right. And that's where I think we have to, t- as, as, as families is to go back and the teaching of our children mm-hmm. is very, yes. very, uh, very needed. You know, at, at Patterson Park Community Center, uh, which is predominantly, we have a, a predominantly African-American uh, attendees right. for yeah. young men and young ladies. And we try to bring in various community groups to help them. Uh, we have uh, Coach Andy Herzer, who is a great outlet, first shot. Right. Okay? Works with and, uh, uh, Monty Hale yes, Jr. Here. Yes, right. yes. Does his show. And so one year, uh, a few years, he wanted to implement coding because we wanted them to think out of the box. Not everybody's going to be Chris Johnson and be a great defensive back, go on and play professional football and all the above. But let your brains and so we said, instead of buying a game, why not try to build the game? Mm. Right. You know what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. Yeah, but that's the teaching piece. You know what I'm saying? Why Why are you all buying? You can We can teach you how to build the game mm-hmm. where you can sit at home at night and your bank account still reflects on what the effort that you put forth for is educating yourself beyond your traditional barriers. Right. And mm-hmm. I think now our families, as, as African-American families, we have to go beyond our borders. And say you th- teaching our young men, Chris Johnson's son, C.J. Johnson, I think he was just the homecoming king, right, yep. of Riverdale High School. But you should have seen how many individuals say he is one of the greatest Young men that I've ever known. You're just a good kid. Because the teachings, right. mm-hmm. called right. the seeds right. that have been sown. And so he can walk in a Fortune 500 company or whatever and say, you know, I, I, I deserve to be here. Yeah. Well, he's got yeah. the confidence yeah. to go. Yeah. He has yeah. the confidence. Because of know. the teachings. And let's face it, you just, I mean, me and you are a little different. We've never been a stranger. But there's a lot of times, uh, you might call it cockiness, just to be honest about it. I mean, well, I mean, it's a fact. I, excuse me. Do we have a call? Okay. Caller, you're on the air. Edwin Lee. Yes. What's going on? Who, hey, Bill. Who, Bill. Bill who? <laughs> it's your co-host. I, I, oh, I'm I, sorry. I, There's another person sitting in your seat, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ed Lee Raymer and the Carrie D. Malone, a.k.a. The Voice Show. Hey, Mr. Malone, did you play, I got a question for you. Did you play basketball uh, with Alan Jackson? No? No. Or did, are you from Murfreesboro? I am from Murfreesboro. 
Riverdale class of 1992. My brother was the class of 1991. Gotcha. Well, I was the class of 1984. Okay. The class was more. Oh, great. Hey. Listen, uh, I'm not going to ask you to disclose where you are. I I know you're in a witness protection program now. You've been exiled from the state. And uh, so... (laughs) (laughs) Are they are they going to let you are they going to let you re-enter the state at any time? Do, do you know? I'd love to have you back up well, here. Hopefully, you know? okay. Hopefully, uh, I'm just, we made it safe. I just want to call in. I'm here with Meredith and, and Peggy Thomas, and we're chilling here on the beach. We're well, not on the beach. We're here in Seagrove. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. How and, are things uh, there? Hot? Things are good. Okay. Things are really good. But I just want to call in and uh, hope y'all are having a great show. We're listening from. Um, Seagrove, Florida. Well, thank you so much, my co-host, Mr. Murfreesboro. There he is, folks. He's still listening. And he has not been exiled from the state. Okay? So, <laughs> and by the way, I went to class, and I won't tell you what year I got. I, uh, well, they just let me go out of school. Okay? <laughs> they didn't have computers when you started, right, Ed? They, were uh, they didn't even have electric typewriters, Bill. Listen, we've got to go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, Bill Wilson. Great, what, Bill? Sir. Go ahead. Great show. We're listening. Thank you so much. Say hello. Say hello to Meredith and Miss Thomas. Thank you all so much. That's Mr. Bill Wilson, a.k.a. Mr. Murfreesboro. We're going to go to a quick break for two or three, just for for a couple minutes, uh, Dalton, if you can. Give these gentlemen a break, give them some water, let them refresh and reboot. This is the Edwin Lee Raymer Show. Back with you in a couple minutes. Stay with us. You know, I wanted to take just a minute and tell you about one of our finer restaurants here in town. That's Zao's Hibachi and Sushi Grill. Now, they are located out of Highway 231. That's Memorial Boulevard. Go out on past Adams Place. Go right up past Walmart and to the left, take your next stoplight. That's Wendellwood Drive. 149 Wendellwood Drive, Suite B5. They're in the Sprout Shopping Center. This is one of the most unique restaurants you will ever eat at. Appetizers, extensive menus, soups, salad sushi starters but the biggest thing that you'll enjoy is the show on the hibachi grills now mark has set up four of these grills and these chefs are second to none uh, the food very reasonably priced and if you got the kids with you a date with you they will show you a good time that's zao's hibachi and sushi grill 145 Wendellwood drive here in murfreesboro Go to J. Mullins Jewelers and check out their collection of reactor watches. They're located at 352 West Northfield Boulevard right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And also, custom-made jewelry if you want it, they can make it for you. Also, gifts for any and all occasions. Weddings, graduations, family reunions, uh, anniversaries, all of it. That's J. Mullins Jewelers, 352 West Northfield Boulevard right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Rhonda McCrary has been in the mortgage business for 29 years. During her 29-year tenure, she's won multiple awards for being a top producer. She was voted as a favorite mortgage loan officer in the 2018 and 2019 DNJ Ruthie Awards. She's a proud member of the Middle Tennessee State University 1989 graduating class. She specializes in all types of mortgage products and takes pride in going the extra mile. You can visit her at 1639 Medical Center Parkway, Suite 203, or reach her at 615-419-9193, or even apply online at loansbyrhonda.com. 
curb them, crack them, or bend them, we can mend them. Come by Wheelworks, located 516 South Church Street. For a free estimate, we also sell performance and passenger tires, as well as aftermarket and factory wheels. We also install lift kits, and we've been sponsoring and serving this community for 15 years. Come see us at Wheelworks at 516 South Church Street, or give us a call at 615-849-3848. I'm Leah, the Bond Girl and owner of Grumpy's Bail Bonds. Now serving 24 Middle Tennessee counties, sometimes bad things really do happen to good people. And if you find yourself in jail needing bail, Grumpy's Bail Bonds is here for you. We'll get you out of jail with the fastest, friendliest, most affordable service. I guarantee you'll be happy when you call Grumpy's, 877-GRUMPY'S, or go to my website at grumpysbailbonds.com. Welcome back to the Edwin Lee Raymer Show on News Radio WGNS. All right, and we are back. Chris Johnson, the voice himself, Carrie Malone. Carrie, um, you were talking about uh, the the rebel flag, the stars mm-hmm. and bars. Mm-hmm. Do you know I I went to a school. Uh, we was talking just before before when Bill called in. I graduated in 1976. Okay, uh, I went to a high school. I, I didn't graduate from there. I graduated from Webster County, um, which was another county school. I was in Hopkins County School System. West we had North, South, and West Hopkins. Had three high schools at that time, plus a couple city school districts. Um, we were the West Hopkins High School Rebels. Mm-hmm. Our mascot was the the Rebels, and there was a Rebel flag. I don't know. I I never knew the meaning of that flag. I've never asked. Hmm. It's a good thing you brought it up. Now I don't guess we'll get into it tonight. There may not be time, but uh, uh, we, we may have that discussion another time. But yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. I've never known. You know. And I would say 98% of those young men that was carrying the rubber, those yeah. flags on their trucks didn't know the real meaning they of it. They don't know it. it no, was I mean, just we know a, the meaning of the American As we said, flag, the teachings. You have you know, the like, red, white, and blue. Yeah. Each mm-hmm. star, you had the 13 original yeah. colonies, and now you have 50, uh, uh, 50, 50 states, you know, every star. And then you have the, 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 the on the blue, and then you have the, the red and the white. And, uh, you know... But and you're taught that in school. I'm sorry, Dalton. You have well, something to add. I was just gonna say, just going along with this, and as ashamed as I am to ad- admit this, there's a great episode of Golden Girls that <laughs> no, talks about this. Uh, um, really? And I can't remember who was on it. But I didn't but, know you watched Golden Girls. <laughs> well, the Golden Girls raised me. Okay, I, I watched when I was a kid. It was always on in reruns, so I, I caught a lot oh, of it reruns. My foot. Brian was, Barrett was watching that well, show. No, Him that and was, John Deacon sitting there, tears running down their eyes. That was my mother's favorite show. But anyway, that's okay, besides I'll the point. But there's that. an episode I'll of this where where Blanche has a has a rebel flag hanging up in in their apartment, and right. uh, Don okay. Cheadle's character comes in and explains all of that to her, and she says, "Well, I never thought of it that way." Right. And it's just a really good picture. You can find the clips of that on YouTube mm-hmm. instead of watching the whole episode. But it's a really good picture of how both sides are at each other's throats over this most of the time. When if you just, 
if mm-hmm. everybody would right. listen to everybody else, you could kind of come to a, a consensus over nobody. Half the people who fly it don't know what it means. Mm-hmm. And then half the people do know what it means and are hurt by it. And nobody's seeing each other's side of that. Well, that's mm-hmm. what I just said. And Carrie brought that. I've never had no one ever sat down with us and said, you know, you need to go over the, the, the true meaning of that flag. No one, is there, no one ever did that. I'll bet that no one that there were a few that knew and they just didn't want to get into it. If you know what I mean. Yeah. You know, Mr. Raymond, I shared yes, this um, when we was off um, off the um, the off off the radio uh, that it's from both sides. You know what sure. I'm saying? And sure. I shared with you uh, one of my closest friends now um, that we've been friends now for about seven years, eight years, maybe. Um, one of the winningest coach in 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 Tennessee football history, uh, Mr. David Martin. Right, uh, mm-hmm. good pasture. Won three, uh, three state championships and maybe you know four or five run-ups. I don't know why. Sure. You know, great man, great man, great man. Uh, he decided that uh, he would his uh, tenure would end at Good Pasture, and at that particular time, a little bit after that, um, the Lebanon High School in the Wilson County District was available. Their football coaching vacancy was available, and he went Hall of Fame coach. Right. State championship coach, can't take that away. You put his resume up against some of the greatest, and it, and it stands for it. It speaks for itself. And But at the end of the day, uh, he was unfortunate, uh, was not able to get the job because the principal pretty much saying, paraphrasing is, I don't think you can coach the demographics. Right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. The demographics. The demographics. That's a fancy way to put it. I've never heard that. <laughs> you, you, you ever hear that one, Chris? You, yeah. Well, see, this is the pain of it all. Yeah. Because if he is told that he couldn't coach, and I'm I'm imagining in Good Pastor it's a predominantly white team. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm not from Tennessee, but I've, I've I've been in Murfreesboro long enough. But I'm imagining it's a that. private school. Private school. Right. Okay. Yeah. Private so school. so yeah. it, the question then becomes kind of in a roundabout way: How is it that he's not able to coach that group but 90 percent of the coaches in tennessee right now are white coaching young black men yes see that's that becomes the issue that a lot of people um really don't really want to wrestle with is i think that's where we've got to balance this out a little bit because if you're going to if you're going to say that he's not going to be able to coach that demographic we have to also look to see if um, you know, the other side, if there's a, a, a coach, a white coach that's on a predominantly black team, right. how is it that he's qualified to coach that group of kids? You see, so if I, I'm not saying that either one of them is right. Right. But how yeah. are is one able to, you know, we're able to do that on one side, but we've not addressed the issue on the other side. Right. And I think that's where a lot of this and you said it was all right. It's about perspective. You know, a lot of this stuff is learned. You know, I grew up. We're not that far removed. My father, my mother were they were in the first integrated class. They're from Cedartown, Georgia. Okay. And uh, <laughs> Cedartown, they, Georgia. Cedartown, Georgia. Right. But they were they were there when they first integrated the schools. And my dad, mm. I don't know what he had to deal with, but he eventually couldn't deal with it. He dropped out of school in tenth grade. Now he mm. came back and finished up some degrees. But sure. but obviously he had to deal with something. We're not that far removed. We've right. got, I've got aunties and, 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 and great aunties who can tell me stories right. about the treatment they received. So right. when people say, mm-hmm. oh, we're past that now. Oh, get over it. Not when, far. 
we're not that far removed, no, no, you know, far. and we're still we're still feeling the effects of some of these decisions, you know. And so I, I think it's about us all listening to each other and all seeing it from each other's perspective. Pastor Grant Gaines and I, uh, the pastor over at Bel Air Baptist Church, we've we've done some Facebook lives on race, race, this same conversation. And it was real interesting to me to listen and hear what he was taught and right. perspectives yeah. that he had. Mm-hmm. versus what yeah. I was taught perspectives that I had. That was that was a real interesting conversation. We moved here in 1980, and where we were from, and I told you before this, in, in Hopkins County, uh, in our area where we lived, in northern, north, I guess the north, northeastern end of the county, I don't know, it may or not, but in our area of Hopkins County, there weren't many black families that lived there. There just weren't. Uh, it was predominantly large farms and had been for years. And the Jones family farmed it, and their daddy before him farmed it. And that, you know, and that's these five thousand acres of beans and thousand acres of corn, whatever, you know. And we moved down here. Our youngest brother was a freshman in high school, and he was on the bus one day, and he looked over on and and our youngest brother had no idea of any. You know, he was a new kid. He was a new kid. And there's uh, a swastika on the kid's notebook he'd driven, had written, mm-hmm. drawn, I'm sorry, on the, on the cover. And along with, you know, KKK. Well, Vaughn went home and talked to Mom about it. She said, son, said, we're in a bit of a different territory now. Because when you're in Kentucky, mm-hmm. a lot of people have the, you know, we're not really in the South. We were raised, I was raised right across the river in Memphisville, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're kind of in that, that, in that tri-state area, southern Illinois, southern Indiana, western Kentucky, coal country, where it all kind of starts to, to change, mm-hmm. you know. And then you can go, uh, what is it, I think, the, the Nashville, the gateway to the south, is that, or something of that nature, the buckle on the Bible belt or whatever. Um, we didn't have that much of that we weren't around a major city louisville was the biggest city close to well evansville was a pretty good sized town mm-hmm. at that time but that's man that's 40 years ago things have changed mm-hmm. you know now uh in some ways they've changed uh, pretty good others i don't think i don't think we've done too good a job in you mm-hmm. know and uh you know i i the more and more i see you know now you know, and I need to be. And Carolyn Cox has got me involved with NAACP. We we try to to give to them mm-hmm. on a regular basis, once a year or whatever. It's not a big amount, but uh, because I mean, Carolyn, you know, she'll call and threaten me, or ask me. Uh, <laughs> don't don't let that get out, Doc. Can we go back and pull that out of there? <laughs> it's over. If Carolyn heard that, but she does. I'm just kidding her. She knows it. But uh, you know. Get out and, and talk to people. Yeah. It won't hurt them. You That's know. It. Mm-hmm. I learned something tonight. I'm going to learn what the stars and bars mean on that on that flag, <laughs> on that rebel flag. I don't know. I'm a 62-year-old man, and I don't know. No one ever sat us down and say, all right, here's what this means. No one, if they did... Maybe they did, and I just wasn't paying attention. Now, that's a strong possibility because I, 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 I you know, I've got a lot mm-hmm. to say and very little time to say it. But my cohort over there in the red shirt does too. <laughs> 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 you know, but slow down and, 
you know, and just have a talk. You know, I'm, I'm telling you, like you said a while ago, uh, Chris, you know, two black guys and two white guys in the station, and basically I'm the one white guy because Dalton is working the board. Uh, maybe 30 years ago we couldn't have done that. I, d- I don't mm. know. Well, I don't, I'd like to think we could, but I it wouldn't have bothered me, but, yeah. you know, it might have. Well, flags you know. are symbolic. And, right. And, yeah. and and I think they stand for something. And, right. And that flag in particular was symbolic of, you know, the Civil War, which right. yeah. which we know one side wanted to keep slavery and one side wanted to demolish it. To do away with it. And so the, right. it just so happens that the side that wanted to keep slavery was the side that that flag that's represents. Right. And so that's mm-hmm. why it's so painful for so, so many people, because it says to that person, I really want slavery. I really want to yeah. oppress, oppress a certain group, a group, and I believe that's why it's such an issue. You know. Well, they took it. They've had a big controversy. What was it? They took it out a couple years ago, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yes, they took it down. Mm-hmm. Most you- schools that are that their um, their mascot is rebels. Right. Have, they they said no. We, we, we're trying. We're to going to do away with do it. something different. Right. You know what I'm saying. Different. And you know, hey. I respect that, yeah. but, but like you say, you can you can take the flag away, but if it's it's still in their heart, that still is right. an issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that will be that will be until that person. It's the, the matter of the heart. Yeah, you know what right. I'm saying. Um, how do you feel about the NFL and the name change, or, or maybe all of all of the teams, the Braves, the Washington Washington Redskins, Redskins. Now yeah. that has to do with with our Indian mm-hmm. brothers and sisters. I'm, I'm actually surprised that it wasn't done sooner. Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. Really? I, really? I'm, I mean, I can imagine if I'm sitting in a stadium and everyone's chanting something about my heritage. Uh, well, that's, that's right. You, you know, know, it could be a, a very, um, I guess, intimidating feeling. Well, you know, I, that's what I've said. I, I don't know what it's like to be a black man. Yeah. I've not known, yeah. I don't know, and I will never know. Right. You know. Right. I'll I'll never know, and if you don't know who was it, I think it was one of the one of our high politicians that's got some sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Said you know you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. That and I said yeah, that's a pretty good statement. If you don't know it, you just you just don't know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in major cities, New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Miami, it's a whole different world there than it is here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Now we're growing, but we're nothing mm-hmm. like what do you got 11 what does it carry 11 million people in new york 10 11 yes, million. So it's way numbers. up there yeah you know yeah. and we don't have that here you know i i don't think that i think sometimes people get the misconception that many african-americans want special treatment i don't you know i don't know I, anybody I don't, wants special treatment. i don't i don't, no. I don't want special treatment i don't want to be treated any uh better sure. than i don't than you no better or worse just I, you know. okay let me use a sports term if we're gonna if we're gonna run a race, I just want to start at the same line that same you started. Line. That's right. <laughs> you know, and right. I want the same yeah. opportunity to finish mm-hmm. that you have, and we'll we'll let the rest be done between the lines. We are gonna have to get out of here. I want to thank both of you for coming up. I've talked a little too long. Uh, Chris Johnson, Carrie, the voice, Marable Malone. Thank you, Carrie. Always. Hey, we're gonna continue this. We're gonna do this. I yes, want to say are. a shout out to my friends. Uh, my Caucasian friends, man, because I love them. Yes. And, and they and know that. And I know hey, you do. Palmer Jones, George Hockenberry, Kelly Hockenberry, David Martin, Clark Harrell, they mean so much to me. And right. it's, a not, it's not about our skin, man. Yeah. 
And he told me to, to let each of you know he has not forgotten you all owe him money. So, <laughs> <laughs> Evan Lee Raymer, Dalton, thanks for working the board. we got to get out of here. Stay around for a 9 o'clock hour, and we're going to replay this hour, guys, next week at 9 o'clock, okay? Yeah. till next week, Evan Lee Raymer, thanks for joining us. Good night. <laughs>